Greetings. Welcome to the Sacred Wandering Podcast. I'm Kevin, your host, and I'll be talking with people about their journeys with faith, religion, spirituality, and values. Wandering down crooked road I saw the spirit like a dove She sang a song I've not yet heard She called me out to see the world There's a lot of good news in the Episcopal Church, and I think it's time more of us in the Church share some of the good news in our own lives. Good, but not always easy. Sometimes even quite difficult. All right now, let's get on with the show. All right, and here we go. Have here Catherine Manhart, who is uh, another parishioner at St. Thomas's and the parish administrator at um, Church of the Epiphany here in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Catherine, for being on here. Pleasure. Thank you for asking. All right, so let's just you know start with something you know fairly simple. Sure. You know, you know, background, where were you born and raised? Uh, so I was born in uh, Arizona um, at Chandler, it's, I guess fairly close to Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, but I moved to Washington State when I was about eight years old. Um, so I would say that I grew up um, in Everett, Washington, which is about 30 miles north of Seattle. So what was your uh, any religious background of any sort? Yeah, so my family's super Catholic, um, like all of them that still go to church are Catholic. My grandmother goes to mass like three days a week. Um, and we were raised in the Catholic church, like to be active, involved, lay people in that church. So, so what was that like? I mean, I always loved church. Um, I really enjoyed going on, we would go to like a Saturday night family service. And it was nice because um, I, I enjoyed being in church. I would just get sort of shoved under the pew with the children's Bible and some Cheerios. <laughs> and I had the Nicene Creed memorized by the time I was five. Uh, and, you know, then after church, we'd get pizza and have family movie night, and it was just a really fun, nice part of our week. And did you keep going to the Catholic Church through your, like, you know, high school days and all? Well, so, so, like I said, my family was really involved in all the churches that we belonged to. Like, my mom taught, like, the CCD religious ed classes. Um, and CC... So, I don't actually know what it stands for. Okay. Like, just, like, religious ed, okay. like, Catholic children something um and yeah so my brother and sister and I were all altar servers like my dad was an usher um it was we were expected to be in church every week until I turned 12 and then my mom I think just like had a lot of issues with the catholic church um that she'd been sort of wrestling with and um I'm not sure exactly what precipitated but there was something that happened with are the priests of the church that we were going to, I think probably around the sex abuse um, scandal. And she was like, nope, we're done. Like, we're out. So she wrote a letter to our bishop saying, you know, that we'd been super involved and, you know, that the church was essentially losing, like, good faithful members because of their treatment of women um, and the sort of, like, institutional crap around the handling of, like, the child sex abuse stuff. So for a few years, we didn't do anything. we didn't go to church. I, when I was 15, decided that I wanted to go back. Um, so I told my mom that, and we visited a few churches in Everett, and 
um, ultimately wound up in the Episcopal Church because the liturgy felt very familiar, but it was a lot more socially progressive. So, typical story, <laughs> I guess, in that regard. <laughs> so what do you think you sort of, you know, some of the lessons you learned, some of the things you took away from, from growing up in the Catholic Church? So I will say one positive thing that I took away is an appreciation for good liturgy done well. Um, you know, I think I I would have a hard time belonging to a church that doesn't have a pretty strong liturgical aspect to worship. Um, I think some of the things I took away that I'm glad to see in the Episcopal Church is the role of laity and sort of the authority granted to lay people. Um, you know, I think in the Catholic Church, because so much of the um, institution is sort of wrapped up in priests and then like, you know, higher level people who are also priests, there isn't really an appreciation for all the work that lay people do to really keep the institution running. Um, and lay people don't really get to have much say in what happens in their churches, um, which is problematic, so. So continuing with uh, your time in the Episcopal Church, yeah. so, so you, so tell me again, you started going... Yeah, when I was about 15. 15? Yeah, yeah. And then, let's see, what what were the churches like that you, you Oh, attended? well, so Washington State has like really low church attendance in general, and I think that's especially true for mainline Protestant denominations. So Everett's a city of 100,000 people, and there's one Episcopal church. Um, so that was one that we went to, um, Trinity. They were very nice and lovely, um, and like a lot of older people. There were like a few like youth and late teens, but it was mostly sort of like 50 plus. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to be in church um, and it, this community did seem like a good fit for my mom and me. They had a, um, a really lovely woman, she was a curate, um, who she just graduated from seminary and this is her first parish and she sort of took us under her wing and I think my mom really appreciated seeing a woman behind the altar I really appreciated just like being back in church and having that community and having somebody who took an interest in us. Um, and so I decided to be confirmed when I was 16. Um, so, yeah. And then you went to college here in DC? Yeah, so I came to DC for school. Uh, both of my parents are from the East Coast, so I knew that I wanted to go to school somewhere along this side of the country. Um, so yeah, I went to AU. Um, did not really like attend church that much for my first few years, um, but we did have a Episcopal campus ministry that I got involved with, mm -hmm. and we, they did a Tuesday evening evening prayer service um, in the school chapel, and then like a little dinner discussion afterwards. Um, and the woman who ran that, Carolyn Seaton, like huge shout out to her. She is still doing that ministry, I believe, unpaid as a layperson. She was a member of St. Albans. And she was just like this wonderful, warm, like mom figure to I think everybody who came through that ministry. Um, and it was just delightful. So how did, let's see, the free time at, at the campus ministry there, mm -hmm. how did that sort of affect your you know, going ahead as an Episcopalian? Right, well, so, you know, I was like still pretty new Episcopalian at that point. I had only started going to Episcopal churches a few years ago. So I think if I hadn't had that connection to the church during my four years of school, um, it would have been harder for me to go back. Um, I think I, that was that was really 
meaningful for me, even if I didn't go every week, just knowing that there was an Episcopal presence on campus that I could participate in if I wanted to was really helpful. But then you found your way to St. Thomas's. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so by the time I graduated, I knew that I wanted to belong to a church community. Um, I actually, so I studied abroad in Morocco my junior year, which was a phenomenal experience for many reasons. But it did sort of, um, like, hit home for me how homesick I was, like, for church, um, like, for sort of, like, practicing Christians. Because, um, you know, Morocco is a country that's 98% Muslim, which is, like, amazing experience again. But I was like, oh, I miss my people. So, um, so yeah, so I was actually attending services at the cathedral my senior year, and then, but that wasn't, like, a good, like, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a parish um, or, like, I was building community there. So when I graduated and decided to stay in DC, a friend of mine mentioned that she'd heard that there was a sort of like younger progressive Episcopal church near DuPont. So I Googled that and then showed up at St. Thomas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what sorts of things have, have kept you here? <laughs> um, I mean, I will say I'm pretty, I think, odd in that um, Church is just like what I do. Um, like not going on Sunday really isn't an option for me. So I think that if I wasn't at St. Thomas, I would be somewhere else, 100%. But I am at St. Thomas in large part because of the community that I found there. Um, it's a really, you know, I lots of people have said this, and I think it's extremely true that you can't be a Christian like by yourself. That it's an inherently communal faith. Um, and I found a group of people that were sort of willing to walk with me and support me um, and challenge me at St. Thomas um, and who really take a lot of ownership in their church and who, you know, it's a very central part of their lives as well. It's not something that we just do on Sunday mornings. Like people take what they get at church and bring it out into their lives and their work. Um, and, you know, I've made friends at St. Thomas that I see not just on Sundays. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just been yeah, and it's, it's like hard for me to, I guess, overstate how important the sense of community has been for me the last few years. So would it be fair to say that the church is not just something that you, as Catherine, do, but something that you are? Yeah, I, I guess, sure, <laughs> I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah, I don't think that a faith that's sort of just contained in an hour on Sunday morning is... Um, like productive or meaningful. So I definitely am somebody who tries to take what they're getting um, or, you know, I, and again, I'm not the first person to have said this, but you know, I see it as a place where I come to get fed every week and then sent out to do what God is calling me to do in the world, so. So going sort of from St. Thomas's sort of to, to the larger Episcopal church, yeah. what are some of the things that, that you find are the real strengths, the things that really speak to you about the Episcopal, about the Church. Episcopal Church? Sure. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it's a church that sort of has compromised, like baked into it a little bit um, in some ways. Maybe but compromise is the wrong right? word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, it's not, um, I think what is most attractive to me about the Episcopal Church is that um, as opposed to a lot of other churches, um, our sort of where our focus lies is not in um, like particular doctrine or creed necessarily. Like we do have those and like they're important and they inform our lives as Christians. But for us, the central aspect is common prayer and common worship. Um, so the fact that, you know, you can be uh, 
in a pew sitting next to somebody who you like fundamentally disagree with about a lot of things, but you're still praying the same prayers and you're still receiving the same bread and the same wine. I think that that is like, there are so few spaces in the world right now where you can do that. I think that it's a huge asset. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously like a very socially progressive person. Um, so I think I appreciate a church that's been willing to be sort of on the forefront of issues surrounding like the full inclusion of women, LGBT people. Um, you know, I want to belong to a church that sort of models the world that I want to live in. So, and I feel like a school church most of the time does that. Obviously there's like certain issues where we could be a lot better than we are, but. Could you tell a little more about that? Well, you know, I think that um, we do still have a lot of work to do in terms of owning our, uh, the responsibility that we bear in supporting uh, institutions of uh, racial injustice. Um, you know, I think that for such a long time, the Episcopal Church was, um, you know, sort of the church of institutional power in this country, and we haven't done a good job of owning and reckoning with that yet. Um, I think that now that we're sort of closer to the margins, that's becoming more possible. Um, so I, I welcome that conversation, but I do think that we still have a lot of work to do in being like, hey, how did we prop up? like institutions that oppressed people in this country for hundreds and hundreds of years. So going from sort of the larger down to sort of the more individual, yeah. um, what are some of your uh, prayer pra or spiritual practices? <laughs> uh, I'm so bad at praying, oh my God. For reals though. Um, so I have always felt closest to God in corporate worship. So it's really important for me to be at church, like participating in the Eucharist every week. Like that's when I feel most connected to God. Um, I think I've been trying to do a little bit better in my daily life of at least, um, you know, before I go to bed, sort of thinking about things that I'm grateful for or people that I want to hold especially close in prayer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not like I don't have a good, you know, like practice of reading the daily office every day or like meditating. Mostly it's sort of just whenever I think about it, I try to uh, make the time. <laughs> you know that I think that's a lot of, you know, the case for for a lot of us. But yeah. it's you know, it's it's a process. Yeah, so. I will say I've been doing. Um, uh, there's a a woman um, who's getting baptized, and I've been doing meeting with her, and that's actually been very good for my personal uh, like spiritual life. Is like I'm doing all the same readings that I'm assigning her, and like making the time to sort of think about that and to wrestle with the questions of like. Oh, is this really what the church believes? Do I believe that too? Like, <laughs> has been has been good for me. <laughs> Have you found any things, you know, as far as beliefs that you struggle with a little more than others? Um, not like struggle with necessarily, but it's just, you know, sort of like reading through the catechism and seeing like the church's official stance on things like, you know, what is God or like, you know, are human beings like. <laughs> that sounds bad like inherently bad like you know just kind of stuff like that I'm like oh okay like I guess I do sort of agree with most of this but like I would have phrased it differently so or you know I'd have to sort of like go back and interrogate a little bit of my own beliefs about it so and have you found any any things in there that 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 really do resonate with you strongly well, so one of the books that I've asked my uh, baptism person to read is uh, Rowan Williams, Being Christian. 
And um, we just talked about the chapter on scripture and, you know, like a typical Episcopalian, I don't like actually spend that much time with scripture most of the time. I get the readings in the lectionary and then that's about it. I don't really take the time to sit down and like read whole passages of the Bible. But Rowan Williams made me want to. I mean, his, um, yeah, way of talking about finding yourself in scripture, um, like finding who you identify with in the stories and sort of using scripture as a way to connect with people who've been walking this path for like the you know thousands and thousands of years was like really meaningful to me and so i've been trying to be a little bit better about at least when i do read scripture not just being like okay i like checked it off i read this passage but like really thinking about it so so when it comes to church faith religion what would you say is one thing that you really want to learn more about? Um, well, I think I would actually like to explore more sort of like personal prayer practices because I feel like I haven't found one that's been a good fit for me and maybe it's just because I haven't spent enough time with any of them. But I do think like as a fairly extroverted person, I probably pray differently than like you know, like, I don't think that silent meditation is ever going to be, like, a great way for me to connect with God. So I'd be interested in exploring more of that kind of stuff. I guess, um, sorry, like, things that I want to, can you ask me the question again? Sorry. Yeah, uh, something that you really want to learn more about. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's, like, learn more about necessarily, but I think one of the things that I am interested in exploring is, um, I have a couple. Um, the big one is how to connect, how churches can become necessary and relevant to the communities that they are physically embedded in. So, um, like, I've been really interested in sort of looking at newer ways of thinking about evangelism or community engagement in the church. Um, I think the Episcopal Church in particular has been um, in a model of people sort of you know, expe- like we expect people to walk in, but that's just not the reality of the situation anymore. Yeah, so the door of it. Yeah, yeah, a- exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you know we aren't we aren't doing our job as Christians to build up the kingdom of God if we aren't aware of the needs and concerns of our neighborhoods and the people who are just in our immediate physical proximity. Um, so I think that is something that I'm interested in. Um, and then I guess I am sort of on a macro level interested in sort of what I was talking about earlier, ways for the church to acknowledge and move past the sort of um, institutional, uh, for lack of a better, like institutional crap that we've been (laughs) holding up for so long, Um, and really sort of seeing this moment of, you know, declining attendance and like shrinking budgets, not as uh, something to be afraid of, but something to sort of welcome and as a way to like reset a little bit. So like, what can we as a church do now that we couldn't do when we were a center of power? Like what 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 doors have opened now that we're closer to the margins and how do we walk through those is something that's really interesting for me, so. That was like very like Episcopal church focused. I'm afraid I'm not talking enough about like God or Jesus or like actual <laughs> spiritual things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, let's, you know, let, let's sort of move, move to that. Sure. Uh, okay, when say the word God, uh-huh. what what comes up within you? Um, I think for me, um, God is something that I know is true, but that I don't understand at all. So like 
I'm not a person who's ever had a real crisis of faith, which I guess I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. Like for me, God is always just something that I've like I think about it and I'm like, oh yeah, of course there's of course there's a God. Of course there's like uh there's like a higher power, there's something beyond sort of the there's something beyond what we can understand as human beings and I feel a strong pull to be connected with that. So that I guess is what God is for me. <laughs> so how about Jesus? Um yeah, so Jesus is uh you know, to, like I've growing up, you know, God was always like, fine, whatever, like cool with that. Jesus always like had a little bit more problem with. It. I was like, ah, seems like an interesting guy, but like I don't really know how it relates necessarily. But I think in the last few years, I really sort of began thinking a lot more about what it meant that God became incarnate in Jesus. Um, and so from for now, at least when I think about Jesus, I think of Jesus, God coming to uh, be a human in Jesus, sort of did like sanctify like our existence as human beings um and you know it means that i can imagine god in sort of every range of human emotion or experience because i know that god has actually lived that in the body of jesus and i think that it also makes me look at other people differently because if god thought that it was important enough to make god's son human then that shapes how I look at other human beings and how I see their value and like inherent sacredness so that's sort of where I am oops sorry on that one <laughs> that probably didn't make a lot of sense sorry no I thought you I thought you did fine <laughs> you know it's yeah you know, this is something that you know is, you know so big right. that can only get part of it at a time. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure. And uh, hope you have a great day. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. All you right. too. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to Sacred Wandering Podcast. Join me in about two weeks as we explore more stories of people in their faith and spiritual lives. You can find this series on iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, leave a review. Follow me on my blog, sacredwandering.wordpress.com, and on Facebook, and share with others. The music you hear is Searcher by Alex Johnston from the album Epiphany Songs from Church of the Apostles in Seattle. You can find it at apostleschurchseattle.bandcamp.com. I'm Kevin, your host, wishing you a good day and Godspeed. And remember, not all who wander are lost. But let me check Google Maps to make sure. I pray for fire like the dawn.